Welcome to episode 12 of Expanding Beyond. Um, I'm sitting here in my basement. It's finally, finally getting really cold here. So I have my mug of mulled wine keeping me warm. How about you, Monica? Uh, I don't have a mug of mulled wine. I have a mug of cat in my lap. That's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably as warm as mine. Definitely. Mark it's a bit heavier, probably. Mm, probably. But yes, it's definitely cold. I went for a walk today because it's also sunny, so it's nice to be outside. Uh, but yeah, the sun is tricky. It's tricking you into thinking it's going to be warm. <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> but yeah, there's that. I can't say that I'm looking forward to the Christmas markets because they're not going to happen. Yeah, that's true. So that's why I'm going to decorate the hell out of my apartment this year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Let's start with a fun topic. You wanted to talk about estimating and estimations. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, yes, I wanted to talk about that because at the moment, like since what, three sprints, four sprints? I think it's four. Um, it, one of the uh, engineers in my in my team has his context. He is the owner of the planning, let's say. So mm -hmm. he is the one that it's actually getting um, the list of topics that we're gonna uh, uh, prioritize and that we're gonna assess. He's the one uh, organizing the meeting and moderating and the like. And one of the things that um, he has proposed lately has been estimating. So he has introduced an estimation method. Um, uh, le let's see what you think about it. Um, <laughs> so you didn't <laughs> estimate stuff before that? No. Okay. Um, Good. <laughs> But that's the thing. I don't know if it's even possible not to estimate things to to a certain extent. Yeah, that's because, true. Because, yes, true. we weren't formally estimating in the sense of like what Scrum would require from you. Uh, no t-shirt size, no uh, story points. There was no record of what we estimated, really. But in the end, it's like, do you think we can make it? And that's already an estimation, right? Mm, that's true. Um, at least to some extent. In any case, the 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 new uh, way of doing it uh, that uh, my teammate has uh, has introduced is um, to assign in terms of man days on a Fibonacci scale what we think it's going to be able uh what is what we think it's going to be possible for one developer to do and the way it was introduced was this is what we're going to do from today on let's say that not everybody on the team took it <laughs> <laughs> nicely because they were like why are we doing this we don't need this uh the interesting part was that uh, these people were the ones that were in the company the longest. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe there, there's a pattern there. But yeah, so that's why I wanted to talk uh, about this because we had just a retro uh, the other day. When, it was, when was it? On Friday. And actually the conversation went from why are we estimating to 
how do we estimate and actually why in the end we want to estimate? Like, what is the problem that we are trying to solve? Mm -hmm. The, you know, now the the usual question that all product teams are going to ask, what is the problem that we are trying to solve? Uh, and I was curious because last time uh, we briefly touched on the topic, uh, your reaction was pretty strong in the sense of like, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so why don't you like it? What's your experience? So what I don't like about estimations is that it sometimes gets uh, sort of used in, in the wrong context. Mm -hmm. For example, what already what you told me, we are estimating in in a not non-abstract mm -hmm. measurement, which is sort of against the best practices of Scrum anyway. Like we do you don't generally estimate in mandates, you just say, is this small, big, and stuff like that, yeah. right? So that is already uh kind of dangerous. Um but what I found to be the problem is when this sort of is used somewhere outside of the team. Mm -hmm. Because then you, it's sort of, you said you were going to do that and why didn't you? Or you end up with discussions. Yeah, but can't we make the number smaller so that you can still do it? Yes. These are the things that I've seen happen. And this is why I don't like it. I, For me, estimation is more of a crutch. It's useful in the sense of saying, in the sense that you have to think about the story, right? Exactly. Because you you have to at least think as far as that you say, hey, what could that be? Is that a large effort or not? And then you suddenly uh, realize, whoa, now that I think about it, this is much more than initially thought. And that's the important bit for me, that you can have that discussion and then either flesh out the details uh, or in certain cases talk to product and say, hey, this is quite a lot more effort than you imagined. Is it really worth doing? Mm -hmm. These are the things that are uh, important. So I think estimating is one way to do it, but eventually you just, af after a certain amount of time, you just know that you need to do that. And then, then it's sort of, not important anymore to have this, at least to me. What can I say? You should stop being right. Um. <laughs> I mean, I can say I'm. I'm guess I'm okay with t-shirt sizes in this, mm -hmm. in the sense that you say, "Hey, is this small, medium, or large?" And then it's small, medium is fine. Large means you need to split it up. That's sort of yeah. the level of estimations I'm okay with. But anything more detailed, I mean, anything more detailed is is kind of gives you the, gives you the illusion that you can actually estimate this very precisely, which yes. you just can't do. <laughs> and yes. this is also dangerous, I think. Absolutely. I think you touched on two points that also in general makes me skeptical. And yeah, I don't want to digress right now, but so they make me skeptical. First of all, very often estimations, as you suggested, in terms of time gets interpreted as a commitment. The commitment is to the goal of the sprint. If if we're talking about Scrum, because if we're talking about other things like Kanban and stuff like that, it's even a completely different way of 
uh, assessing things. In any, in any case, so there is a goal for the sprint. The point is, to me, can we get to that goal in a confident way? And um, so there, there's that, and there's the the fact that it's it's a self-imposed deadline. Mm-hmm. So agile and modern product development or software development, as, depending on how you want to call it, it's all about outcomes. That is what, like, the point is moving the needle, not pushing stuff out of the sprint. So the in the end, the question is, how impactful are we as a team? That's the end goal. It's not to just put something out there. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed this it, to... <laughs> Uh, to my disappointment, in the moment in which, when we were not estimating, I tried to make it more explicit that we were overly optimistic when planning. And mind you, I, as the engineering manager in that round, I never pushed for having more stuff. I was actually the voice of the, sometimes the only voice of the team saying, guys, we're not going to make it. Can we remove something? What else can we avoid? So, when what I was trying to do was to show the team that in hindsight, we were overly optimistic. It's like, mm-hmm. we cannot deal with this much amount of work. So at the end of each sprint, I was calculating how many stories did we put out there and compared to the estimation of the planning and how many things were pulled into the sprint, increasing our scope. And after a few, a few sprints like that, very often then the point that I got from some of the people in the in the team was like, oh, we're not going to finish this, this ticket, so let's split it and close this one so that then we can bring the other <laughs> ticket in the new sprint. And I'm like, that's not the point. <laughs> that's not the point. That's true. Yeah. You see, so in the end, every kind of metric is going to be very, very dangerous. Yeah. So... I think one of the things that people also oftentimes um, forget, and this is sort of, is the concept of Slack. So this mm. is also oh, something yes. from Kanban that you yeah. sort of, it is actually a bad idea to always run at full steam, right? Absolutely. And basically what you have done with thinking, how many, uh, counting how many did you do, how many... Um, did you finish and stuff like that um sort of the i mean it's it's sort of very kanban like because there the best practice is to say hey you just set your i don't know if you meet once a week to replenish your uh, to-do column Mm -hmm. or which is basically the planning meeting in scrum um you just randomly guess a number of tickets Mm -hmm. because normally you're not estimating and then if you didn't Complete it, you just decrease the number by one. Yeah. That's the sort of the metric of eventually getting to a point where, where it's sort of correct. And if it's not enough, then you just increase it by one. And that's, that's how this basically works. Yes. And yeah, I mean, this, this, if, if you, and to sort of go back to this, this concept of Slack, if you just run it full steam all the time, then you just do exactly what's necessary to get that stuff done. And 
Sometimes there's just things on the side that you think, yeah, I would like to do that eventually, some kind of cleanup on the side and stuff like that. And you never get around to it, but it's still important to do that. Or you, yes. I don't know, you have an hour or two to watch some screencasts and do something for your education and stuff like that. So Absolutely, preach. That was exactly my point. So one of the things that I keep pushing as a concept is like, that was one of my uh, sticky posts, uh, post-its in, uh, in the retro. It's like sprint work is the only work. Sprint work is not the only work. There is the random chat with a colleague that gets you to a bright idea. There is your personal development, as you suggested. Like as a company, we expect our people to dedicate time to their personal development. We give them money. We give them uh, opportunities like trainings. Uh, we give them a whole dedicated round only on potential. So all the managers get together for a whole day to discuss the potential of people. So like the company is investing a lot of money and a lot of effort into the development of the people in the organization. And if the people themselves don't have the time to work on that, it's like, where is this money going? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So there is that. And as you said, there are the other things that need to be done, needs to be done to keep the light on, to keep the lights on. That yeah. is extremely important work. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I did at my current job is, I don't know, maybe I talked about it before. We When I started, we had... RSpec and Minitest mm -hmm. in product uh, for our tests running at the same time at around maybe 50-50. Yeah. And I spent, I don't know, three months, four months just in small increments on the side moving everything to RSpec. And that, that sort of stuff on the side that isn't immediately a huge benefit, but I think if you have a, if you have a test failure once or twice that you can sort of trace back to some weird setup where both do something and get in each other's way and you spend hours debugging it, then it's already worth it. So it's that stuff just needs to happen eventually. Absolutely. So there's that. And the last point that I wanted to add is that you need time to think. Even if it's about sprint work, how can we be sure that we are coming up with the best solution that we can if we don't have time to actually think about the solution. So to me, there are so many more things than just the, how do you call it? I don't know, the, the, the implementation part, mm -hmm. um, the execution to what we do in those couple of weeks um, that having this feeling that you need to fill your week with all these things that are in the backlog gives a, cell, a false sense of productivity. I think it's in Accelerate. I'm not sure because I haven't read the book. I just, I'm attending an online conference and one of mm -hmm. the speaker was talking about how do you make a team really productive? And fundamentally it was kind of like a summary of Accelerate plus some other uh, sources on the side. And the concept of Slack was coming pretty prominent in, uh, in that talk. And in a way, Maybe it's because as, a, uh, as engineers, we have studied some physics or something. I don't know. Um, 
But to me, it's kind of intuitive. Like if you have a system running at 100% all the time, when the tide comes, what's going to happen? So you're going to blatantly fail. And, and that's just the worst case scenario. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there is that. Um, and I think it's also a bit of a m- misunderstanding of mm-hmm. the goals, right? Yes. I mean, sprint completion is just yet another sort of stand in for the actual uh, goal, right? I mean, exactly. sprint completion isn't the end goal. I mean, it's just that you need some kind of process around the fact that you have to have a team that sort of has to agree on what to work on for the next week or two weeks or stuff like that. It's important with deadlines like that to remember that it's not a big deal if you break them, right? Yeah. If, if you de- can't achieve them, then that's that. And you just have to figure out why. Sometimes yes. it's just bad luck, right? Sometimes, I don't know, one person got sick and obviously you can't finish your sprint that way. And sometimes there is something that you can then think about and change so that it works better next time. Yeah, But fundamentally it's a way is. to uh, put a number around uncertainty. This is this is what I was missing. Like, it's a self-imposed deadline and fundamentally it's people keep forgetting that they're called estimation for a reason mm-hmm. it's a guess it's literally a guess you yes. might become more accurate over time if you work in an area that you are extremely comfortable with or if the team is incredibly mature and i don't mean at a seniority level necessarily but also like cohesion of the team in the end, it's a guess. You never know what's going to happen. As you said, someone might get sick. Someone might leave. Um, yeah, someone has priorities, a bad day. <laughs> yes, priorities might change. Maybe someone else is coming and it's like, this is more urgent. And we have to do it because otherwise the business is going to be impacted in a, in a, in a very bad way. So it, it happens. I think we did one, a couple of sprints in which I mean, in the end, it's always the same. It's like, it's either scope or time or people. That's that's the thing. So you can have, um, uh, you can add more, uh, sorry, not people, but quality. Mm-hmm. You can have uh, a bigger scope, but you have to reduce one of the other two and vice versa. Yeah. It is, it's a fact. <laughs> There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. So in, in the past two sprints, so this is a project that is fundamentally technical and we have started working on it actually like seriously as a team the the um, two sprints ago and it was the first time that I was presenting to the team something that was um uh, that was more concrete about this project than just you know hearing about it and I had an idea of what could have been feasible. So we wanted to, because it's a new way of doing, um, uh, of uh, dealing with our uh, subscription information within within the system. So it's a, it's a big project that touches a lot of places in, in the whole ecosystem. Um, and um, rightfully so, the team suggested, let's have a proof of concept on one of the smaller services so that we are sure that we can catch errors earlier and they're going to be less impactful. Short thing, let's do that. And my first thought was that it would have been able, we would have been able to do it in one sprint. So we came into the planning, it was like, this is what we're going to do. 
in the feedback I got from the from the team because it was one of the first times that we were really assessing how many story points this is going to be, even mm -hmm. if it was a chaotic uh, estimation because we weren't sure how do you estimate something that touches multiple platforms in which maybe more engineers are going to work than just one, blah, blah, blah. Still, the conversation was useful enough for the team to say, hey, even if we have assessed that this is the all the steps that we need to do to bring this to life, we're not going to be able to do this in one sprint. Mm -hmm. My answer to that was like, okay, what can, how can we split this so that we get, I don't, in the end, to me as a person, what really makes me uncomfortable with um, estimations that are used in environments that are not particularly mature or serious around, you know, the, reality is that it doesn't serve anyone asserting that you are going to be able to deliver X if you can't. Yeah. That's the point. So that's the breach of trust towards others that we have to avoid. And sometimes it's tough because the others do expect from us a, a certain performance, but where is really the advantage to say, yeah, we're going to make it. It's, it's just not possible. So, yeah, sorry for the, for the rent. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I mean, this, this sort of all sums up uh, the issue with estimations, I guess. It, there's, they're useful in a certain context, but it's just very easy to sort of go out of that comfort of your comfort zone of where estimations are useful and then do stuff that are actually detrimental to the outcome, right? Absolutely. And the last thing that I wanted to add, uh, this was the part that I didn't want to digress into. I am not personally uncomfortable with estimations if I am able to express clearly that there is uncertainty. So what about this project? It's a big project. So what I did was kind of like preparing a roadmap with um, for the next four months. Mm -hmm. Fundamentally, what I what I did was kind of like assessing more or less what I think might be possible to do in which sequence. But what I keep telling everyone that is looking at that uh, Gantt chart, it's Jira, so that's what you get. <laughs> uh, it's, this is an estimation and it will change. And yeah. I make, I'm making it explicit every single time that someone looks at that uh, roadmap and that I present it. It's like, this is ever-changing this is an estimation. I don't believe that we are going to be able to do this in the next, we're going to finish this in the next two months. So this is just the sequence of what's going to happen with, as you said, is this an S, is this an M, is this an L, kind of. It's mapped onto a calendar, but don't give that too much weight because there's still so many things that we need to discuss. We don't even know how to roll this out in one of our platforms. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at least it gives an idea that it's a project that is going to last a few months instead of three years. That maybe migrating that specific platform is going to take a month or a couple of sprints instead of, I don't know, a whole quarter or maybe three days because there's also the opposite case. 
which the estimate is exaggerating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is always this, this, the issue that on the one hand, it is very hard to estimate. On the other hand, the sort of company as a whole, of course, would love to know roughly how long stuff yeah. is going to take, right? So we can at least maybe offer an initial idea and then regularly update exactly as, as you learn new things. And then I guess as far as, as you can go. Yeah, you really hit it on the head um, with that. The point is communicating and be transparent about what's happening. And over time, finding those things that are necessary and those things that you can drop to either do afterwards or not do. Because in the end, they're nice to have. They're not must-haves. Yep. And maybe you're going to take that in a couple of other years. I mean, there's still something around our code that is from the migration we did four, five years ago around payments. I'm like, yeah. nobody's going to die because we have a one endpoint there. Yes, it's not extremely nice, but eh. if, if you don't touch it, then it's fine, I guess. Yes. I think that for, yeah, as you said, the, the biggest problem for me is that these estimations are very seldom uh, taken as such. Uh, and they are uh, taken as promises. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's always the danger. The upside of this is that, as you as you said, it's um, people tend to think more uh, about the actual consequences, um, about the dependencies, about um, the potential risks uh, that something is gonna is gonna come across. And let's not go. Uh, too far deep into the topic, maybe another time. Uh, but very often estimations are estimated, um, are estimations about development time and not everything else that it takes to bring something to life, like testing, for example. Like if you ask the engineers in a team to estimate something, very often the estimate you're going to get is how much time I am going to take to develop this. But mm -hmm. that's not everything that is, uh, that's, that's not everything there is to uh, software development and product development specifically. So uh, if you don't have time to test within the sprint, is that story really done? Yeah, that is sort of, that's sort of another topic, right? Mm -mm. Because it, if, mm. yeah, so in the, in the past when we did estimations, actually we had the, our QA people were sort of part of it and they were mm -hmm. given their input as well because like you said it's important um also for developers because if they report errors you want to fix them as quickly as you can because yes. then you still remember what you were doing there right yeah that's sort of the big thing and the interesting part there is that our teams it's the engineers with the support of the qa testers that are doing the test like the actually testing that the functionality is out there and it's working properly. But the QA testers are not themselves doing the tests. Mm -hmm. They are educating the team on how to do that. So the fact that very often that time is not included in the, in the estimation, it's, uh, it's always fascinating to me. <laughs> like, guys, we don't have 14 days. We have 10 days working days minus 
the days from uh, the end of the sprint till the testing session. So maybe it's eight if we do very late to the testing session. Our Fridays are always gone in meetings because we have meetings with the platform uh, teams, meetings with the company, blah, blah. What is it? A week of development? It didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's sort of, that's also one of the reasons why you shouldn't try to estimate stuff in mm -hmm. time, right? Because yeah. there's always so much else going on. And it's Absolutely. very hard to, to, to do that. Agreed. <laughs> there is a, a, a small thing on top of this. As much as I'm not particularly into estimation, like... I'm okay with not estimating. I'm okay with estimating. Like, I'm not actually doing the work. So <laughs> what I care is that my team is not under stress, that my team delivers a, uh, a quality result, and that what we do makes sense. Uh, so it has an impact on, uh, on the organization. Um, in the end, it's about the autonomy of the team. If the engineers within the team perceive that estimating will make them more accurate in their assessment of their capabilities within uh, within the, I don't know if that's the right English word. In Italian, it's definitely that. Um, for, for the sprint, that's okay. It's their choice. Um, I wouldn't see that necessarily as extremely dangerous. I didn't complain too much. All right, so that's that topic covered, at least mm -hmm. for today. <laughs> yes, at least for today. So let's wrap up for today here. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter. Lately, less frequently than usual, but I'm still there. Uh, I'm not in completely uh, hiatus at the moment. <laughs> um, the account you are looking for is at KFMolly with an I. And you can find me on GitHub or on Dev2 uh, if you look for Nearnet to our hosts at expandingbeyond.it for sure. Um, and in my imaginary blog. Yeah, someone needs to just send us one email there, right? <laughs> yes, I mean, we're looking for those emails. Come on. <laughs> we're waiting for them. Yeah. And you can also find me on Twitter at, at UJH. I just, Twitter just told me a few days ago that I created my account 13, 13 years ago. Whoa. So, <laughs> Congrats. Happy birthday. Long time. Um, and under the same handle on GitHub, basically. And like Monica said, you can find the podcast at expandingbeyond.it. And you can also send us emails at hosts at expandingbeyond.it. All right, Monica, so have a nice uh, Saturday evening and I will go and get the kids to bed. <laughs> have a lovely evening, you too. I'm looking forward to some uh, chestnuts. Mm, nice. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. Bye.